Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belbar with Equinely Inclined, the equine podcast for the internet horse community. Episode 181, Reconvening with Jonathan Field. Recorded on April 9th, 2019. Brought to you in part by Ponsai Digital Media with online strategy, consulting and advising by sylviaschneider.ca. And this episode is also brought to you by you, our listeners, through your generous Patreon donations at patreon.com slash equinepodcast. Thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sylvia Schneider. And I'm Diana Belber. This episode will include... Uh, what we've been up to in our brief time apart. <laughs> An interview with the always amazing Jonathan Field. And some thoughts on shedding. Well, Diana, I know hardly any time has passed since we were together last Anything new on the farm or in your life? <laughs> well, my riding ring is perfect for riding right now. <laughs> that never happens in April. Oh, no, there, usually there's a little lake in one well, end of it. And... Well, I'm really happy with my new packing sand and how it's settled in over oh. the last year and a half or so. When did you get that sand put in? Yeah, a, cu- you know, cup, a year and a half or two years ago. Right, yeah. okay, so last year... you. This didn't... is the second winter. Yeah, last year you didn't really have a lake in the middle. It was like the year before I'm remembering. Yeah. But, but yeah. last year it, it still had some... You were actually afraid to to have people in there when it yeah, was a little bit wet. It. But it's interesting, this year we rode in it all winter, mm-hmm. you know, and oh. uh, it, it came through that really well, and we actually only missed a couple of weeks of actual riding in the ring. That's all it took for that ring to dry up. Did I ask you this before? And I'm sorry to throw this at you, but I've heard people talk about putting salt in their sand rings to keep them kind of soft throughout the winter. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, you know what? I didn't find it necessary. The ring had snow in it. Mm -hmm. So we haven't really done this before. And I think it was just an exceptionally good winter for it. But um, cold winter. (laughs) Well, not early on. Yeah. But um, we had that brutal snap in February. Yeah. And that's when we didn't get to ride. But we rode the rest of the winter, like October, November, December. We had snow early. It stayed cold early. Mm -hmm. And so the sand basically froze. But then we had enough snow not too much mm-hmm. but enough snow that it uh the snow itself actually was kind of like sand so when it when it froze mm-hmm. even if it got a little wet it would sort of break up like granules again and kind of and mix it up with the snow and stuff yeah it was basically snow we were riding in all the time we yeah. weren't riding in the sand yeah we were riding in the snow and the the ground underneath was frozen Mm. so it was an interesting year but it Mm. worked really well and then we only missed a couple of uh, weeks and when we couldn't ride in the ring we just uh, dragged a few obstacles out into the driveway and did a few trail (laughs) obstacles so we never really missed riding that's amazing so so it does it make sense to even ask if you're starting lessons yet it sounds like you've been doing them all along (laughs) (laughs) yeah but only with my one regular student who Uh is so keen that I couldn't let her down wow that's that's uh, awesome yeah and of course my granddaughter has Mm -hmm. been out riding again so but the ponies all need to get back in shape and so on so we're not you know we're not ready to start I've got a couple of young volunteers that will come out and help with the shedding out and stuff yep. like that yeah it's it's a it's a process yeah mm-hmm. well um i did i, I <laughs> took the shedding blade to lance and sky again last friday uh just after publishing our last episode actually i decided i deserved a bit of a break okay mm-hmm. and and i made a facebook live of it <laughs> no but i missed it 
Oh, that was on my personal profile. It wasn't, I didn't do it through the Equine Lane Inclined Facebook page. I oh. figured it was like a personal thing. So, oh, okay. yeah, somebody I met when I was away said she would love to see a behind the scenes stable Facebook Live. All so right. That's why I do it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> then you missed it. I missed it. Oh, dang. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and actually, when I was doing the Facebook Live, there were some comments and someone asked if the horses, if the ponies would ever lose that hair if we didn't groom it out. And I thought, well, good question. <laughs> I'm sure it would eventually come out after they rolled and rubbed themselves on trees and bushes enough, but probably not until May or June. And by that time, they'd be tired of it hanging on. So Diana, because you have a lot more horses <laughs> and ponies, I'm wondering, have you ever had ponies that just didn't get their winter hair groomed out of them because you weren't using them? And if so, how did that go? <laughs> well, thinking about it, but you know that photo of the Sable Island pony you bought for me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dreadlocks. <laughs> oh, Sable Island ponies, I mean, they're really there in their natural state. Yeah. And and you know what? Um, don't investigate that too much if you're a I real know. horse lover because yeah, yeah. they are left in their natural state and yeah. it's not always the best thing. Yeah, so that dead hair tangles into the new hair and it becomes almost impossible to comb out. And you know how much I love long manes and forelocks and tails. So if you're not grooming your horse, it's not so much the body hair you need to worry about. It's the mane and tail. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, it's another story about the mane and the dreadlocks. Mm -hmm. We, When I tried to keep horses at my place, because that's always another story, as you remember, yeah. um, because of the arena floor was really just clay, and I had my um, my gelding, he would go and he would roll in it. He was Appaloosa. <laughs> I know, he didn't have very much of a long mane, <laughs> but he, he it was pretty good in the end, but he would roll in the clay, and the clay would get all tangled up in his mane, and then it would dry and you'd hear him coming as he galloped down the hill it would be ka-chink 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 ka jingling yeah it was really kind of interesting oh well, yeah that would have been a joy to groom out <laughs> well the fact of the matter is you're you're right you know they're gonna self-groom a lot of that hair out but yeah. you know when you consider that the entire body is an organ you know you really like it re you want to take grooming, care of it grooming is very a very healthy thing for it, your horse it is a very healthy so, thing yeah you know i i kind of like to uh and 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 they enjoy it and it helps you know helps your relationship oh, it with does. them oh, so yes. even the horses that aren't getting ridden i i like to bring them out and groom them right and, yeah and no i always used so to fun. have like five things that i would tell my um my riding students were good about grooming and i oh, yeah. don't recall exactly what they are right now um, but, uh, yeah, it's something that I should cover in a future episode, perhaps. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Well, so, you know, I'd say that uh, the additional issues that you might have with long coarse hair that doesn't shut out, older ponies often mm -hmm. have an issue with longer hair growing down the backs of their legs and their chin and Lancia's, their face. Lancia is getting that way. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. kind of like older women. Right? So, uh, you know, I tend Gee, to... thanks for yeah, that. <laughs> I, I just tend to cut it off or in my case, plug it out. <laughs> So, so I'm also lazy, mm -hmm. so I like to wait a few weeks until they're really ready to shed majorly before <laughs> I start working on getting it out. So yeah. unless you're really into a workout, or maybe your horse just enjoys it, yeah. besides, you know, I don't show so I don't need to worry in the spring about us looking our best in a hurry. Well, I, I don't show either, but I do like to get the hair out so they aren't overheating when I work them. So it mm -hmm. just takes every, makes everything longer, right? I, I give them a quick grooming, mm -hmm. and then I find it's actually easier to groom that excess hair out when they are warm. Oh, yeah, and I mean, we should note that this is 
dead hair. This is shedding okay. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's not like we're ripping their hair. Out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, well, Lance was getting really matted in his body coat. He was getting like tufts under his armpits yeah. and tufts on his <laughs> chest and tufts around his ears. And... So I think that's the result of the two different types of hair in the coat, right? So there's primary hairs and secondary hairs. Right. And I, so I did a little research, right? So yeah. the dead hair oh. falling out <laughs> Good on gets you, Diana. tangled into the hair that's not ready to come out. So it kind of, it reminds Reminds me of Moonlight and our our pony years ago. Mm-hmm. She was a blue roan. Okay, so tell people what a, what a blue roan is. If they it's, don't a, know it's a it. mix of hairs, light and dark, right? And yeah. it's not like it's, it's not like a gray. No. So they tend to have two coats: a light coat and a dark coat. Right, but and, it's black and and white mixed. Which well, there could be blue. a roan could also be a red roan. Yes. So you could have white well, and red hairs. But yeah. anyway, Strawberry she was roan. a blue roan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, red roans, strawberry roans, blue roans. Yeah. So when she shut out the first part of her coat, the long guard hairs, they were dark. Mm-hmm. It left the short, fine secondary hairs for a while on their own, which are gray. And for two, about two weeks, she looked like a headless horse in the dark. <laughs> because she had a white body and a, and a black head. Yeah, and, and also uh, the, the bottom of her legs were were dark too right so you could see the top part of her legs <laughs> and her body just kind of floating across the field and so i dark. guess that's why her her original name was ghost oh yeah but i, I like mean, i like moonlight better yeah well it kind of reminds me of palomino horses a lot of times the palomino horses will get very white in the winter and they don't look palomino at all and then when they shed out they're a nice golden color so mm, yeah it's the opposite yeah. of what you had with moonlight Mm-hmm. So, but this is interesting. You know, in that research, I found out, and do you know, how many hairs are in one square inch of horse? Well, how many hairs in one square inch of horse? You know, if I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's got to be a lot of hairs. Like, I don't know, over the top 5,000 maybe? <laughs> okay. I wouldn't have guessed thousands. I probably uh, would have guessed hundreds. No. Not, not quite. We, you really think about it. If you took a square inch and you think and you imagine that in your mind. Eh, I still would have thought hundreds. But anyway, you're, 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 you're not quite right. Okay. It's okay. Uh, not 5,000. So not quite. But okay. 800 to 1,200 primary hairs. Well, that's in the hundreds. Yeah. And another 1,200 to 2,000 secondary oh. hairs. Oh, so all mixed together. So you combine those two and it yeah. could be anywhere from 2,000 to 3,200 mm. so yeah in the thousands all right right mm-hmm. so when you're grooming be sure to wear the right clothes <laughs> no no don't wear fleece <laughs> and and you know not even silk because that attracts oh, it oh my goodness right? yeah. so you know try denim don't wear something that you're totally in love with and no. want to wear later <laughs> no <laughs> you have, it has to be something you're totally in love with for working with horses yes yes you know so it reminds me of that facebook meme i don't know if you saw it or if other people saw it but it was going around on facebook and it said it showed two pictures and it said guys think dating an equestrian looks like this and they showed this very slick looking chick with her top hat <laughs> and a crop and a very beautiful blouse and breeks and stuff and then it said but it really looks like this <laughs> it showed a poor poor disheveled looking chick with her hair all a mess covered and in her hair. clothes her clothes are all you know covered in hair and everything else yeah it was that's more like what we're like <laughs> There you go. 
So all joking aside, horses grow two coats a year. Mm -hmm. So the summer coats to most horses. There's some exceptions. The summer coat starts growing in about February. And the winter coat starts growing in about August. And it's all dependent on the length of day, the amount of sunlight they're getting. Exactly. It's the light. It goes by light cycles. Not by warmth or cold or anything like that, which is what I thought. So that is something to consider when we're clipping. But let's do more on this in another episode. There's a lot. There's a lot to know. And plus, it takes much longer to grow manes and tails. That makes sense. But much (laughs) longer than body hair. And and I mean years. So let's talk about that too. Oh, well, there's so much to know about horses, Mm. isn't there? Mm. Mm. So you don't have any more baby anythings being born at your place in the near future, do you, Diana? (laughs) Well, anyone who's frequenting my place will be thrilled to know that the geese are setting. Oh, no. That's just just what we need, (laughs) right? More geese. Yeah. How did you let that happen? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Geese... in case anybody hasn't had any run-ins with geese, they can be really obnoxious. They sure can. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and don't ever let them think that they can herd your car around. Oh, they will. And who needs guard dogs when <laughs> you got a true. flock of geese? But if yeah. you let them think that they can push your car around by moving your car to avoid yeah. them, I, you, right away, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, but dogs are the same way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. We could get into that, too. Okay. Well, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. And are you? Yeah. You know this already, so you won't be surprised. And our supporting patrons on Patreon know this already because they get access to so many of the -the behind-the-scenes stories and videos. But the big secret is that my little pony mare, Skye is going to be falling in June. So exciting. I know. I miss having babies around. Well, you know, and my concern is, yes, she's in a place where there will be lots of babies, but her baby will be too small to be running around with these big babies because they're going to be thoroughbreds. Mm. (laughs) And she's just a pony. Mm. Anyway, well, on the Patreon page, there's a video of the ultrasound they did when they were checking Sky out for the presence of the foal's heartbeat. And I've also recently added a video showing her progress. Aww. Well, yeah. since we're talking about the Patreon page, maybe our listeners would like to know how to get there. Yeah, well, um, I want to thank our patrons anyway. So our patrons help us with small monthly contributions to our efforts at patreon.com slash equine podcast. And without the help of our patrons, it would be much more difficult to get these episodes out. Mm-hmm. You have more than just the videos of Sky on the Patreon page, though, right? Oh, yeah. There's lots of videos, lots of past episodes, and as I pull them off the main podcast feed and have time to add them, there are more past episodes to come. But um, there's videos of things that we did behind the scenes at Spruce Meadows, and like when we go to places, (laughs) yeah. I'll have to check that out. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, if you can help us offset the costs of storage, bandwidth, equipment, and... (laughs) travel (laughs) yeah to bring you these awesome interviews um please drop by our patreon page at patreon.com slash equine podcast and we thank our patrons from the bottom of our hearts well i'm really pleased that we're managing to come up with one of the more current interviews diana and by more current i actually mean more recent (laughs) (laughs) uh from the Saskatchewan Equine Expo? Yes, like this year recent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, we had a lot of catching up to do. And yeah, so it's really we had a nice. lot to, to get out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Yeah, so we have this one with Jonathan Field. Okay, well, I wasn't there when you interviewed him, so it'll be great to hear him again. Yeah, (laughs) story time. (laughs) Uh You know, Jonathan and I wandered around looking for a quiet place to record because this was literally at the end of the day, and all the vendors were tearing down their booths and whatnot. So, you know, I kind of followed Jonathan, and, and he... He went to a back hall that wasn't uh, didn't have anyone in it, and I I actually think he plans it this way. So when he heads back from the interview, the booth is already packed and ready to go. <laughs> anyway, we finally wound up in an unused hall where there was nobody around. It was perfect for about two minutes after we began recording. <laughs> two minutes. Two minutes, yeah. <laughs> and then the forklifts started coming out of nowhere, <laughs> and other carts and machinery for moving stuff uh, appeared and. I think they were all going to the octopoles for teardown. So, no, I don't know which yeah. was worse, uh, being in the hall with all the vendors tearing down, or being in the hall we wound up in. So, well, and we finished the interview just in time because just after I turned the mic off, someone in charge came over and gave us the boot out of the oh, hall. No, well, let's listen to this interview then. Yeah, um, and I have another Jonathan Field story for when we come back. All right. So I'm here at the Saskatchewan Equine Expo, and I'm here with Jonathan Field. It's uh, February 2019, and it has been an amazing expo, as it always is. And, uh, you know, I have to say, I have seen Jonathan since the last interview um, in Chilliwack, and it was fun times there, and Jonathan has been doing amazing stuff here. So I'm going to call this the Jonathan Field Freestyle Interview, because <laughs> I really don't have a plan for uh, where we want to go. There's just so much that you've done this uh, weekend. Well, thank you so much for having me, <laughs> number one. And uh, it has been a while since we caught up and lots has happened. Yeah. And it, it just, it really actually has been an amazing weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I the, the whole concept here of having the Otter Track Thoroughbreds, oh, yeah. uh, that was a really neat thing. I Very liked cool. how they did all the different, uh, you know, they, each person could pick a kind of a different, you know, whether they wanted to do obstacles or mm-hmm. freestyle or jumping. I really thought that was great and great for the Thoroughbreds. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was lots of people and we, our booth, our, our stands were full and yes. the booth was busy and we got to answer lots of horsemanship questions and <laughs> and for me I I I just I love coming back here it's like a like a reunion almost you know to see everybody but most importantly it kind of is a great venue to be kind of intimate with the audience it's it's small it's it's everybody's really close yeah. and we get to really share over the weekend and yeah. and my two horses I was I couldn't have been happier right yeah so uh, what did you come here to do well, um, when I came, I, I didn't bring my own horses this time. So the horses that I brought or the horses that came were horses that I don't know. And I talked that's, to... That's a good That's a good thing. It absolutely. Let's people really see your uh, your skills, let you demonstrate your skills. Absolutely. That's what I wanted. And I don't handle them before. I, actually, I don't even see them before. Mm-hmm. They tell me a little bit. I always like if they come, you know, they have a few challenges or they've been struggling a little bit. I really, I'm about education. So I want people to kind of have an idea. What do you do when it doesn't work? Right. All of my whether it's my DVDs or courses or, you know, I remember, uh, you know, buying DVDs and stuff before and, and I would see somebody do something with a horse and I'm like, that horse does it perfectly. You know, like <laughs> I know how to do it when it works like that, but I want to know how to do it when it, what do you do when it doesn't work? So yeah. my goal over the weekend, I was to kind of share that and I, I had a three-year-old, it was a warm blood, a potential jumping horse, a dressage jumping horse bred type uh, horse, and then a actual jumping horse that was just in California last week that had a few, not a major issues, but a few little issues that we'll all run into. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, it worked out really great. I got to kind of show what do you do at the very beginning uh, with a three-year-old on the ground, what kinds of things uh, can they learn, and my goal was with him was to bring out the curiosity the confidence the thinking uh he was kind of like i'm here i don't know why i'm here <laughs> there's an audience there's everybody around who's this guy i don't know him and it's a lot for a horse to take in right but throughout the course of just you know the first half an hour or so he started to be okay with me and connect and you know jumped over some barrels and crossed over a tarp the next day uh he was quite worried of the tarp uh and then the riding horse i had uh he he had a little bit of a stiffness or you know tight uh, time turning to the right um, and it wasn't a physical thing you know care was not the issue at all but it was more of a mental block and all horses are you know kind of have a better like us we're left-handed or right-handed we have a more dominant side more than the other and for him it kind of over time I think perpetuated into a bit of an evasion mm-hmm. almost a learned evasion right where he says if I don't want to I won't yeah so sometimes he would just not turn to the right they right, said right he was really uh, he was very adamant about that when he, he was. did not want to do that it was very obvious it was he would yeah. jump up and down down and and I was kind of worried if I put too much pressure on him that he might get you know, try on some more moves. So right. I just kind of when I, I would ask him to go to the right, you know, it's hard for the listeners to see, visualize, but we'll try to explain it. But so he was okay going to the right if he was bent a little bit to the left. Exactly. But yeah. as soon as open I would that door. open the door to open his shoulder, yeah, that's right. And as soon as I would kind of get his nose to the right and get him looking a little more in the direction, he would stiffen up his shoulder and he would literally just like say, "I'm not doing." and he would just go left I'm not that athletic <laughs> yeah that's right yeah he could just go left and and uh, he did that a few times and I, I was thinking about it overnight so I wanted to start that was yesterday and I kind of got a good feel of him yesterday yeah and, and we made a little progress yesterday but it was uh, literally 20 minutes mm-hmm. so today I thought and I've used this before um, I thought I'm going to try to establish another relationship with him by doing something that has never been done with him yeah you know to try to open up a new dialogue so he doesn't say I always have my old way right so i i talked to the audience i said today i want to take this he's six year old gelding he's a, he's going to be a jumping horse but i want to do the introduction to liberty training mm-hmm. which is rich it's going to be online i'm not going to turn him loose mm-hmm. but the idea is that i'm online and i'm trying to get him to hook on mentally or mm-hmm. sync up or really look to me for comfort and find that kind of a connection yeah and move when i move and stop when i stop and yeah. and build a confidence with me and kind of open up his mind a little that was brilliant by the way oh, thank you yeah it, that was it, just brilliant what's he needed that it opened his mind like <laughs> totally. it was the ride ended up being like i mean i felt like angel i mean it was like awesome it was a wonderful ride at the end yeah. but i when i got on him he felt like a different horse he felt more like an open-minded horse yeah. he tried his uh little evasion when i got on him after doing my little liberty session or online liberty mm-hmm. preparation mm-hmm. uh he tried it you know one or two times and i was able to redirect him and he listened and he found and he just he made the change so the change we were looking for the change that that lady was looking for she was thrilled she came up to me at the end and she was so excited and <laughs> I was excited to do it and yeah. and and sometimes a horse just has a block like that and they're attached to their old way of thinking they're attached to that and if you can kind of you know if I just lunge him in circles and he's used to being lunges if I just ride him the way he's used to being ridden he's going to kind of stay in those same patterns yeah. he has the same thought pattern yeah. but I kind of broke it up by playing with him differently online yeah. and it woke his eyes up and it perked up his ears and he was kind of looking at me like what the heck are you doing man <laughs> broke him out of the mold that's what I did mm-hmm. yeah and I tried to show the audience and I hope they got that yeah. but it sure was a fun session I was lucky he's a beautiful horse and yeah you know yeah and then you did some um 
dry land. <laughs> yeah, some, sure. Some sessions, some just presentations that you, where you talked with uh, people who came to hear what it was that you were talking about. Yeah, I had three uh, kind of question and answer, but also um, seminar theory type things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things we talked about was saddles, uh, and you know, a couple, you know, to kind of summarize it as much as we can, is we, you know, to really kind of go through what what creates comfort for the horse and how do you, you know, fit, and that's obviously the tree uh, and how the angles, the the width of the tree, narrowness, all the angles of the tree, and and basically, you know, in a very quick way is to you know set that saddle on without the pad and feel underneath there where are the asymmetric you know mm-hmm. the asymmetries and the the tight spots and mm-hmm. and then see how and then you know see how the horse moves with that saddle on and before riders on and you know sometimes i have people even change saddles and feel different things like that and then of course the seat the in terms of how do we get comfort for the person is more to do with the seat that's in the saddle and then the the stirrups in relation to that. So is it a more of a we have to ask? Is it more of a forward seat, a rear seat, a middle? Mm-hmm. Is it, and are the stirrups? Where do the stirrups want to go naturally? Do they want to align us with our shoulders, hips, and our heels, mm-hmm. and put us very balanced, or do they want to put us more like a reining saddle that will get us ready for a slide stop, or a roping saddle, or a jumping saddle that gets us up out of the saddle and ahead on the horse? So it's to really learn to ask good educated questions about what does the seat want to do. And then finally, especially for the Western saddles, uh, the the twist, what they call it the English saddle, but in the Western saddle, the ground seat, you know, the, the narrowness of the seat. And what really provides comfort to a person is the ground seat being put into the saddle. And most of the time, the reason saddles aren't comfortable is because they're too wide mm. in the ground seat. They're actually just like a piece of tin over top of the tree. So you're almost riding the width of the barrel. Right. And if that ground seat doesn't build up or the twist doesn't come up like in an English saddle typically does a lot more than a Western saddle, it kind of pulls you apart, pulls your hips apart. And, you know, it's harder for your knees and everything to hang. So we talked that about that. Yeah. And we did another session um, relating it to starting young horses, mm-hmm. kind of thinking about these stages. And the way that I go through it is I really look first, does that horse, it, it doesn't, and this includes a restart. If yes. I, sometimes they're an older horse. Yes, it you know, doesn't you matter the age. It doesn't really because mm-hmm. if there's a hole in the foundation, it's kind of like building a house. If you have a weak spot in the foundation, you might get away with it with one floor. You might get away with it too, but as you go higher, that weak spot, it'll start to show. Yes, so absolutely. You kind of go through a checklist when I start young horses. And part of the checklist is, you know, the first step is, first, does this horse, especially if you're dealing with like a wild horse or a range horse or something like that, does this horse um, accept me as a friend? You know, and a lot of horses that have been born into barns, they, they do. They're like, they're tame. Mm-hmm. They say, people, they're not going to eat us. We're good. But some <laughs> horses, they don't. They have little spots they harbor. You know, they don't like being touched by the ear. or They don't like being touched on their belly. Or they they don't like, you know, seeing you out of both eyes, one side or the other. They, they have a little fear harboring in there. And then if you go and you don't kind of get that out, that can lead into a riding horse that, you know, is scared to change from one eye to the other. And that can lead all the way up to a jumping horse or a reining horse or some horse that's seven years old that still has that little glitch or that little spot in there right. uh, and he might be able to lead change and do all these things but they still don't like the back legs being touched mm-hmm. those things will come back to you so I go back to that foundation and I say does he really accept me like a friend mm-hmm. and if I have a hard time touching the ear I say well his mama didn't have a hard time touching his ear <laughs> he has a problem with people touching his ear mm-hmm. or people touching his you know flank or something right. so that's kind of step one and then the, s- the second step is sometimes some horses that's a non-issue they're like they're tame yeah but they don't respect the person as a leader. Right. And that's another thing. Some horses say, yeah, you're my friend or you're my ally. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared or anything like that. 
but they don't accept you as a leader. No. And to They'll herd your feet. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and to have them accept us as a leader is another whole topic. Yeah. You know, to really have them synchronize to us, look to us like they look to the lead horse in the herd, not be thinking about the gate or their herd mate, be able to ride away from the barn at the same speed they ride towards the barn be able to ride in pairs and be able to separate or be the last in the herd these are all things that really challenge the leadership Mm -hmm. if your horse is looking to another horse for leadership and that horse goes to leave and your horse goes with him you know that you aren't connected to your horse your horse is in fact connected to the other one yeah and you better hope that the person on the other horse doesn't go and leave on you (laughs) or you might be going for a ride oh dear so these are these kind of stages that at any stage that the horse is at that they could be just being started i look really strongly in those two categories Mm -hmm. are there kind of harboring fears or uh, tensions yep. that are going to cause me problems down the road or are there leadership issues where the horse says yeah you and who else i don't really care i don't want to listen i don't really move yeah we kind of have to address those dual in, in you know duality you know right. both right. at the same time we have to get the leadership but we don't want to get them scared mm-hmm. we have to get them tame but we don't want to get them dull right <laughs> exactly well you've been doing some really amazing things too you've got a new dvd set out with mm, george morris yeah. and i read on that you are okay so um, my new uh, DVD series of George Morris, and for those listeners that don't know who he is, he's 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 really a, a legend in the jumping world. He's um, he's uh, a person that has done remarkable things worldwide in that in that world in the hunter jumper as well. And you know he's been a real mentor to a lot of Olympians and a lot of top athletes in that world, and just such an influence and. He's a, a horseman at the heart of it uh, and a passionate uh, person that loves to study horsemanship. And, and when him and I met each other uh, years ago and uh, he got to see what, what I was doing with horses and he came up and he was like, you know, I'm really interested in what you're doing. And he goes, if you ever want to get together and I'll give you some jumping lessons, teach you how to jump. And, and I said, I'd, I'd love to. And it was one of those situations where I didn't want to go, oh, can I call you Tuesday? Because I, I just thought it was like, I thought it was like, you know, a generous thing, but I didn't. But then I seen him the next year. He goes, listen, I asked you last year if you want to come take some time and ride together. Yes. You know, I probably won't ask you again, he said. He, you know, I didn't really say that, but we probably won't cross paths again. You know, and I said, if you're serious, I will come. He goes, no, I'm serious. And this was in, cool. a, in a knock. It's October. hard to know. You know it's hard to know. Right? Yeah. And I didn't want to be overstepping my boundary. And, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, it's kind of like if someone says, oh, we'll have lunch. And you know that it's not going <laughs> to. So I didn't know if you are, but he's not like that. I learned. He's not yes. going to say something unless he means it. Yeah. So I went to Florida and uh, I met him down there. And it was a really uh, neat. I'd never been to Wellington, Florida. The first place we went was owned by, you know, I don't know, the people that own Tiffany's or something like that. I yeah. mean, the, it was great. The horses there, there were horses there with, the, you know, heads sticking out of the barn. They're million-dollar horses. It's a whole other world. A whole other world. I didn't, you know, I had never been exposed <laughs> to that. So I, t- I took some really great jumping lessons. And George was super direct in his style. He's super passionate about his, you know, um, being... Um, about the safety and about the care and about the yeah. diligence and all He's of those absolutely things. absolutely all about that. Yeah. He doesn't mess around with nope. that. So he was the same with me, which I loved because he was going to respect the time we had together. Yeah. And then um, the, uh, the time came where I was getting ready to leave and I was there for about a week. And we were going for lunch and I was at a barn taking a lesson. And a lady there uh, went on Google or something and said, who's this guy with the cowboy hat hanging around with, with George? <laughs> and uh, she goes, oh, he must be a horse whisperer or something or whatever, you know, whatever she said. So she called George and she was a friend of his. And she said, um, you know, I, I, you know, I see what, you know, I see you have this guy hanging out around here. And my dad was actually with me. We were hanging out down there together. And um, 
And so he says, she said, I have this horse. He's a saint Francais uh, stallion. He's having some real behavioral issues. Can you can you ask Jonathan if he'd be willing to come help this horse? And George is on the phone. He says, hey, do you want to go back to that barn and help, help this lady out? And I said, I would love to. So George sat in the golf cart, and he really watched me help this horse. And it was such an opportunity for us to kind of bond and right. understand that. Look at how synchronized what we do uh, is. And yes. with my, my foundational uh, thing and then with his jumping for dressage, dressage for jumping and then of mm-hmm. course the jumping mm-hmm. so we ended up making a DVD series that you know it was several years after this yeah. many more trips we said you know we should we should document what we're doing here and you know, for, put it out there so that's what we did we're pretty excited about it mm-hmm. so um, the last time actually uh, I saw you and George together you were at the main event in Chilliwack yes and you guys had a fireside chat we did yeah yeah and you know I, I had George. I did an event called Jonathan Field and Friends. I think we talked about it last time I, I visited with you. Yes. And that was in 2014. Are there I, any more upcoming? Uh, no. I don't have any announcements <laughs> right now, but I would love to one of these days. But, right. you know, uh, I really respect anybody like the Saskatchewan Expo people or the main event, Ron. Yeah. You know, these people are willing to produce an event because, yeah, you know, I'm better. Oh, man, I'm better on the other side of the fence. But we had a great team at Calgary, and it, yeah. it, went, it, was, it was a dream come true. It was an amazing event. Mm-hmm. But George was there, and we had a fireside chat too and and the reason I mentioned that is because when I was visiting with him in those chats and like at the main event I have a personal like a friendship with with the guy mm-hmm. and um, I can ask questions that other people might not know him enough to ask or right. comfortable enough to ask so my goal in that was you know people were going to ask us both questions whenever and I said listen when we first started I said I'm going to be around here hopefully for a long time guys George only comes every few years I live close here let's try to get as much out of George as we can <laughs> and I want to ask if it's okay if I ask him a bunch of questions and then we'll have the audience ask and yeah. I'm able to ask some of those questions and you know, one of the questions I was asking him because he's so direct. Um, I said, "You know, George, sometimes I mean, you you come across like very. I mean, there's no way around it. But you're pretty, pretty direct. Pretty almost, I could say, almost harsh in a way. Almost you know, like, brusque. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's not even an exaggeration. And um, <laughs> the thing for him is, is he when when he was trained, um, it was very much uh, in that time a cavalry style." Uh, and uh, and it was because of safety. Yeah. And you're going from one horse to another horse, and you're doing a very potentially dangerous sport. So there's mm-hmm. no... Uh, he, he takes it very... Like, I've watched him teach very, very high-level students in Wellington or someplace, and it doesn't even seem like the same guy because these people are so focused. He doesn't have to kind of feel like, to, I'm going to wake them up. I need exactly. them to listen. Yeah. They need to get their their head on this this is this could this could you know you could pay the ultimate price jumping horses over big fences fast yeah so he takes it on as such a personal safety thing Mm -hmm. that he he'll say almost anything to get them to like you need to listen here are you paying attention and so he was doing that a few times to the riders and you can understand from his point of view why he does it he's seen so many wrecks over the years Mm -hmm. uh, of people that made a misstep somehow and him you know himself obviously have been around that so long as well so it it happens to all of us in a moment that we're not paying attention around a horse so it it was really fun to share that and has it's been great to share that relationship with him and then be able to bring that to the people that do what I do and kind of you know integrate that in there and meet a bunch of new people in the hunter jumper world and like the horse I had today you know being from California a week ago and just coming off the jumper circuit down there in Thermal 
it's a good way to connect and to get around that's for sure yeah yeah, yeah absolutely um, so what are you looking towards in the future i think you gave a little hint about that well you know um <laughs> one of these days the yeah yeah <laughs> one of these days i'd like to do another uh jf and friends i think i would really it would be a dream come true the last one was beyond, my my biggest uh uh risk after doing the last one is not living up to that one it was such a highlight it was be, i i came out of that oh, it was i wish i could have made oh it my there. gosh it was it was truly bruce logan and Craig Johnson and George Morris and then my my announcers and we had a grand piano on a semi truck when we walked in the room and Herb Williams was playing a grand piano on the back of a semi truck and he is a pianist and he can do Moonlight Sonata Moonlight Sonata I mean he can do the most and then I rode my horse Quincy with the spotlight on and, and Herb playing the piano and it was just a whole weekend of fun so we might think about doing another one but right now um, I've got two boys one is 12 Weston is in hockey Mason is in gymnastics yeah. and and also starting basketball now we just moved from Abbotsford to Kamloops right it's a big move yes. so we still have the ranch my dad and I still have the ranch in Merritt where I teach camps and so forth but we yeah. bought a, 160 acres in Kamloops and we're building another facility there and we just moved in September so we've got the boys organized in new schools we're finding out you know where do you buy insurance and tires and yeah. everything else so yeah. it's been a lot so i don't know there'll be another event coming along the horizon yeah. like that yeah but i'm going on on the road i'll be on the road probably 180 days this year 150 <laughs> days i leave to california in a week for two weeks so yeah. i go down to the warmth down there and teach some clinics and go for the it. family go. comes in and out and <laughs> yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm actually home quite a bit throughout the summer when they're off of school so Great. i've got some new horses coming along i'm super excited about my next string awesome. of horses a little quarter horse he's at weanling or yearling now I guess, and then uh, Andalusian, a six-year-old Andalusian uh, warm blood cross named Armando, mm-hmm. and uh, and then several others, and I'm just I'm just excited <laughs> about the future with them. Oh, that's great. So if people want to find out more about you, Jonathan, where mm-hmm. do they go? They can go to my website, jonathanfieldhorsemanship.net, okay. and uh, follow us on Facebook at Jonathan Field Horsemanship, and we'll post videos there. Uh, we kind of did a fun thing, if anybody's interested, we go to my website and sign up for um, some free videos, and they're called 31 and 13, it's, and the reason we did that was because there's 31 videos sent to your inbox in 13 months. Mm. So it's like every week or two, we yeah. send a little four-minute video, there's no obligation you can unsubscribe anytime it's absolutely free and it's just like a little injection a little uh inspiration or a little yep. piece of horsemanship that they can do yep. and uh, have that come to their inbox so 31 to 13 is kind of the, the most recent release great well thanks so much for doing the interview it was a pleasure as always thank you i'm very much happy to be uh with you again <laughs> okay take care and have a safe uh, journey back home i will thank you you too I love interviewing Jonathan Field. I'm sure it sounds like I have a crush on him, but truly, (laughs) I just appreciate all that he does and the way he does it. He inspires me, and I would love to see that Jonathan and George DVD series. Mm. As a matter of fact, I bought Jonathan's Liberty DVD series, and I'm thinking I might work Lance through some of the Liberty training. I haven't even had a chance to look at the set, but that's what I'm thinking of doing. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Well, Lance is so small, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's Cardin or Liberty. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I think I could ride him a little bit, but, little. you know. He's pretty tiny. Yeah, he's pretty small. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure I know who Jonathan wants to do another Jonathan and Friends with, but I might be wrong. I just heard him slip a comment at one point. But you're not going to tell us. No. Okay. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> well, it sounds, you know, it sounds awesome. I wish I'd seen the last one. Oh, Very swank too. with the grand piano. Wow. Yeah. And uh, never mind all. 
all the awesome horse and rider talent. Yeah, I crazy. Know. Yeah. Well, I mentioned that I had another Jonathan story that I'd share at the end of this interview, and uh, I spent a bunch of time standing in the crowd in front of his booth and caught this interesting tidbit. I'm not sure if I shared it on the podcast before, but nevertheless, it's a good one, so it bears repeating. And it goes something like this. Uh, Jeepers, I hope I tell it correctly. Um, Early on in his career, he was presented with a horse that he knew had behavioral problems, but he didn't know what they were. Nice. Yeah, I know. They like to do that Mm -hmm. to these guys, don't they? So he had his horseman stick, and he went about working around this horse, and he used his stick to touch all the parts of the horse from tip to tail and top to bottom and everything was just fine until he touched the last hind hoof or maybe leg and without any warning whatsoever this horse kicked out so swiftly and so hard he struck Jonathan's stick and sent it flying out of his hand so if I remember Jonathan's storytelling correctly this horse had had to be drugged and restrained to have this particular foot trimmed. But nobody actually told him that. No, of course not. <laughs> like, I mean, like, that is so... I mean, I guess they just wanted to see what he was made yeah, of. And mm-hmm. since Jonathan Field is such an expert, you know, yeah. they got they got their talent <laughs> upcoming or whatever. Anyway, yeah, it was... Uh, you know, I, I, it would be interesting to know what happened to this horse to make him so... Oh, who knows? Yeah. They can be funny. Ah, so anyway, now we had to figure out how to help this horse get over his concern about having his foot touched. So what he decided to do was choose a point in the horse's gait where the foot was weighted on the ground and the horse couldn't kick because it was required for his balance. So he worked him in circles and only touched him briefly when the foot went down. But as time went on, he could touch him for longer and longer times. Now, the trick is that requires timing. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Anyway, he did get to a point where he could touch the horse's leg and it wasn't a problem. But it does go to show you that, hey, you never know what problems a strange horse might have. Mm -hmm. And, you know... You can usually overcome these problems with thoughtful action and patience. Mm-hmm. It just takes a lot of thinking. Yeah. Anyway. So do you know if I've told that story before, Diana? Have you heard that one? No, I don't know if I've heard it on the podcast or not, but I, I think I have heard it. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. But it's, it. yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. So do we have any new events on the horizon? Um, I think we should mention that Jonathan has quite a few clinics coming up. Uh, both locally and not so locally. So if you're interested, you might want to check out his website for times and locations. And another reminder to our listeners that the Red Deer Main Event Expo is coming up at the end of the month on April the 26th, 27th, and 28th at the Westerner Park Facility in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. And we're going to be there. Mm -hmm. Any chance we might see you there, listeners? Well, We are setting up a Facebook event, and you can let us know if we'll be seeing you there. We're looking at 6.30 p.m. on Saturday night. The location is to be determined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a quick piece of news to share, but first, I just want to thank our patrons again for helping us keep this podcast going. Without the help of our patrons, it would be much more difficult to get these episodes out. So if you listen to the podcast and enjoy the episodes, please help us bring more quality episodes your way by supporting the podcast at patreon.com slash equine podcast. So the news I was talking about, well, um, I was a little bit behind uh, in watching, um, but only a few days. And I was watching the Dutch Masters that my wonderful hubby recorded for me. 
And uh, among all the good riders, I was watching Same Aldehan doing a round on Sumizoro. Now, you might no, recall. Yeah, but I watched. Well, I saw most of that, but I think my recording started a little bit late, so I was actually wondering why I didn't see Sammy there. You Oh, you missed his ride? Okay. I, okay. Yeah, I yeah, didn't that, see that, that speaks volumes. Yeah, I can tell you why you didn't see him there. Okay. So you, you might recall. I um, looked in the results and didn't see him in the results and thought, well, what the heck? Yeah. Was he there? If you're a long-time listener, you probably heard our interview with Sammy when he uh, was at Spruce Meadows, and we did a video, and that video is up on the um, Patreon page for patrons. And anyway, he uh, he did have a round on Sumo Soro, mm-hmm. and he came off one of the jumps a little bit awkwardly, so he wasn't lined up very well for the jump he had to go for, and he tried to get the the horse back on track and she swung around he came off and when he landed on the ground she stepped on his wrist so we're thinking maybe he broke his wrist oh you're talking about just now in the dutch Dutch masters Masters, yes oh yes yes yeah so it was really awful to see i mean like he's an excellent rider and he probably did have a really good chance at that um um, and, and then when I tried to do some research and find out, did he break his wrist? Did he break his hand? I couldn't find anything. But I did find out that he did break his wrist once before. And so I'm hoping it's not the same wrist because that would be really tough, really tough. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. They, they, um, I mean, he's one of my favorite people. Oh, he's he's a wonderful. He's a wonderful young man. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to go to the website in Ireland and maybe just ask um yeah maybe we will I did a little looking like just really briefly and I couldn't find anything so um it's probably not the kind of thing that they want to you know put out there like an injury is an injury and you just you know get over and carry on but I just felt so bad yeah yeah well that explains why I didn't see him he was early he was one of the first riders yeah yeah he was one of the first riders in anyway don't like to hear that no all right. I always find myself wondering what our listeners are up to. Yeah. Any good tips for grooming out there, people? <laughs> and I'll I'll ask this again. Every episode I ask, do you have a way of finding out horse news and events? Would you like it if we offered them weekly or daily? Hmm. Have you introduced someone new to horses since the last episode? Only a week ago? <laughs> <laughs> hey, every day you have, probably have an opportunity, right? There you you go. just think about yeah. it. You have to think about doing that. Mm-hmm. And I have. I did Facebook Live with my ponies last Friday and reached a few new non-horse people. So that was cool. Oh, okay. I never thought yeah. about on on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, if you're one of those horse-crazy people who don't know how to fill that horseless void, let us know. We want to help you. Well, our newest listeners might be wondering how to be in touch with us. Well, for now, the easiest way for people to be in touch is via the Facebook page. But, you know, I'm also wondering what our listeners' favorite social media platforms are. Maybe they like listening to the podcast, but they're not Facebook users? If so, let us know at podcast at canadaequine.com. Oh, okay. So that's uh, that's your email, right? Mm-hmm. Our listeners are from all over the world, and we always like to welcome our newest listeners to the Equinely Inclined Facebook page. Right, so stop by our page at facebook.com slash equinelyinclined and click on the like button 
and you'll hear your name when we welcome you at this spot in our next episode. And a little tip about this, after you like the page, if you click on the three dots to the right of the like button, it will give you an option to follow the page, and then you'll be notified of any posts we make. So please remember this, tell five friends about our Facebook page, and when you do, you're helping others learn more about horses, and we love to help educate people about the many aspects of horses and other equines. You bet. We love it when you share what you find on our Facebook page and our podcast episodes with others. If we want to make positive impact for horses in our world, it takes all of us to help ourselves and others learn more about horses. So true, there is so much to know. So let us know what you think of this episode and what else you would like to hear. Do you have an opinion on a horsey topic? Or is there one you wish us to cover? Talk to us. Don't be shy. Go to www.facebook.com slash equinelyinclined and leave us a message on the page. Well, Diana, we need to do another episode right away. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to try and keep up the momentum and put out another episode next week. So I know you are going to get busy, busy, busy with teaching lessons soon. So we might as well get out as many as we can while we can. Sounds good. So make sure you check the Facebook page because we enjoy doing live videos and you never know what we might surprise you with. And please find a non-horsey person you think might enjoy knowing more about horses and engage them in conversation. Let them know about everything we do. It would be great to have them join us on Facebook and as a podcast listener. And one last message, a heartfelt thank you to all our patrons for their support. And remember, supporting patrons at patreon.com slash equinepodcast get an inside look at our lives. So until next episode, bye from Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belbar and give your horses big hugs for us. <laughs>